So the big question is, how can physical therapists create a successful career earning six figures or more and give patients the care they need without relying on insurance companies for reimbursement? If you want to learn the answers to those questions and more, then you've come to the right place. My name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, physical therapist, business coach, serial entrepreneur, and author of the Cash PT Blueprint. Thanks for joining me today. Welcome back to the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast. This is your host, Aaron LeBauer. And today, my special guest is YouTube sensation Ant- Antonio Sanson. And I, I say that with a little jest because he's crushing on, on YouTube, but my kids are watching people that have like millions of followers. And these guys, um, who is it? Uh, Lauren Z-Side and uh, the guy that does uh, makeup and this other woman, uh, Lady... God, what's her name? It's not Lady God. I don't know. But anyways... I, I had Antonio, I found out about Antonio searching YouTube and he was crushing the physical therapy YouTube searches. And I'm like, why can't I do this? And it took me, Antonio, it took me like probably six months to find your contact information, you know, but it was just in YouTube. I couldn't find you anywhere else. I'd looked you up a bunch and I finally found him and I wanted to bring him on the show because, um, He's almost like this, uh, he's a PTA who's been crushing on YouTube, and YouTube is the platform to be on. If you're not on it, you should be. So, um, Antonio, welcome to the show, and thank you for taking your time out of your day to, to join us on the Cash PT Lunch Hour. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, it's YouTube's a funny thing. Um, I mean, I put up some of my first YouTube videos well over a decade ago, um, but hanging out with my kids are 10 and 11, and they're watching these YouTubers that just have these like amazing channels. I'm like, what do they do? And what are they doing? And how do I apply it to physical therapy? And, and I was just like, wait a minute, <laughs> Antonio's crushing it because it's your create entertaining videos. So I'd love to know, like, let's, let's start with, um, how'd you get into YouTube and how'd you start making channels? Can you like making videos and can you just like what, what was the what was the original reason you were like, hey, let's put up a video on YouTube and talk about physical therapy? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, that that's funny. How I started was um, I was basically going through the PTA program back. Uh, you know, it's been about five years now since I mm-hmm. uh, went through PTA school. And when I was going through school, I had a lot of questions about like, how do you get started? You know, I had a lot of questions that I just didn't know much about the career. I was coming from high school and like, I didn't have much like background knowledge in the field of physical therapy. And I was like struggling, always wondering like, well, what are these classes? What should I take? And, And how does it work? And what should I be studying beforehand? And I just had all these questions like leading up to becoming a PTA that I was struggling with. Well, then afterwards, when I became a PTA, I was starting to like search for different things related to physical therapy. And I was like, man, there isn't a ton of physical therapy content out there because I love like watching like tech videos or I'm, I love just binging different people on, on YouTube. It's, it's really fun for me. And when I would go to search for physical therapy stuff, it just wasn't that popular. Mm-hmm. Like in the tech space, you can find, you know, 80 different people all covering the same camera and they all have a sweet setup and it's cool. And I go over to physical therapy and I type in something and I'm like, there's like two, three people covering it and half the topics that I'm interested in, no one's made a video about it. Right. And so that's kind of 
how I got started was I was like, well, I might as well record a, and put a video up to help people like me who are struggling, like going through the PTA program, not knowing like how much does it pay? How much can you make? What's a day in the life look like? All the questions that I had, I was like, I might as well create content that answers these questions moving forward. Uh, so that's kind of how I got started. But by no means was I experienced or anything like that. It was kind of just like DIY, learn as you go type of thing. Yeah, and that's awesome. So, so you're a PTA, and are you like, like, where do you are you practicing or treating patients now, or you know? Is I recently switched. So yes, I I have been treating patients for the past four years, yeah. and just literally recently in this last year, like right right before COVID hit, actually, I had transitioned to doing more marketing work. Uh, it's kind of where my career took me. Um, just as I started with YouTube and doing these things, figuring out, I grew my skills in that area and learned how to make better quality videos, how to make better, you know, marketing videos, things like that. It's kind of where my skill took me. And so then just job opportunities opened up down that road. So I just recently kind of been focusing more on content creation and marketing, but yeah. I love the field of physical therapy and that's kind of like where I branched out to. That's awesome. Did people approach you or was there something about like working in physical therapy? You're like, oh, there's gotta be something different or better for me. Yeah. So that was more so my, my process. I mean, I had opportunities with doing some things mainly like side work during the time, mm -hmm. but the, the biggest frustration, I guess, for me was when I became a PTA, it, I guess it's not even like a frustration. It was just kind of a hindrance yeah. was that being a PTA trying to scale your career upwards, it's not super conventional. Like if I work extra hours or I see 10 extra patients this week, it really doesn't change a whole lot for me in my circumstance because I'm working for a company, you know, it really doesn't change a lot. And so then if I wanted to grow, you know, maybe my salary or something like that, I would have to become a PTA and I would have to, or become, excuse me, become a PT and have to go get my doctorate's degree, which is a whole nother endeavor on top of that. Or I would have to transition my skill set to, and originally I thought I was going to transition to like business and like business management and help in that area. But it turned out that I turned towards marketing just because I feel like you can scale the, 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 you hit your head, the ceiling of being a PTA in that career. Right. So I knew I had to either learn a new skill set or branch out to be able to grow in my career. Yeah. Was there something else kind of pushing you to grow or was it, I mean, because I, you know, for a lot of us, like working with patients is really rewarding, but was it, uh, like, was it, was it just the fact that like you had been working somewhere, um, and like you saw like, okay, I'm not going to move forward. I'm not going to generate more money year after year. Or was it like, was there something else that, you know, and I'm asking because a lot of people who come to like the show or, or build up a cash practice are like, I was working a job and there was no advancement and you found a, a different way, but you know, it's not uncommon. Um, like, can you just share a little bit more about like, what was it that pushed you to kind of look for something more? Yeah. So I feel like that being a PT, I mean, I feel like anybody in the field of physical therapy, if you get into this field is because you want to help people, you yeah. want to see their lives change for the better. And also, uh, and that's the way I felt going into the career is there were times that I was working and the way a clinic ran, you know, like I, I worked for like a franchise or something bigger before. 
And sometimes the way a company would run their practice, I would think, ah, it could be done better or ah, this could be done better. And so actually my sister is a PT. She has her doctorate's degree and we used to work at the same company. And we always used to talk about this. Like, you know, I feel like things could be better here. And it's just like hard sometimes when you have to follow certain guidelines that the, the clinic wants you to follow. And so we've always had that like mindset of like, I think things could be done better. And that was the same thing with me. And so we actually started our own clinic in our hometown because we were like, let's put it to the test. Let's see if we can grow this thing. And, and we were actually, that's what we did. We literally switched our careers. I, I worked home healthcare for a little bit while we transitioned to starting our own practice. But the skill set I picked up along the way was like marketing and how do we, how do we get our business out there? How do we connect with people? And so that is, is the route I took. And then with YouTube, I felt like it was the same thing. Like, um, since I like to help people, that, that's my innate, you know, thing that I like doing as a PTA. But I feel like with video, you can help so many more people, like so many more, like there's so many people that can see this episode that me and you just having this conversation and that, and that can really impact their life and maybe help them versus my time I can spend one-on-one -on -one teaching each patient. I feel like I have a broader audience that I could help reach more people basically. So that's kind of like more of the other side besides like the money and career aspect. That's really the heart behind why I like doing video stuff because you can reach the potential of growth or people you can reach is just so much more. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. And I've, I've kind of started coming to terms with that in the last uh, few years. And I think I was mentioning this on our conversation about a month ago that um, I think at that time I was starting to see that I was starting to make content directly for YouTube again, rather than for Facebook Live for like the last four years, I would just do a Facebook Live video and then repurpose that to YouTube and social media. But now the YouTube videos get so much more traction than videos anywhere else. And they always have long-term, but it was more even for the immediate, like within a day of publishing and I can get more views on YouTube than a Facebook live. Um, can you just share a little bit more about why is YouTube so, uh, such a powerful platform and why does yeah. it go under, like, why is it under the radar a little bit right now? Yeah. So that's a good question. I, I really enjoyed YouTube because I felt like it gave the opportunity of connecting. So one, it has the video component. So if you're Googling something, you don't get the interaction with someone. And mm -hmm. I feel like that just video breakdown of concepts of ideas, like things that physical therapists cover. Um, I feel like it's easier to convey through a video than let's say a Google search, for example. Mm -hmm. So that's one. Um, the other thing that I feel like makes YouTube really powerful more than sometimes social media, like a fake TikTok, Instagram is there's a search feature. So not only can people find you right away and you show up on the home screen, but if someone is searching out a question, they can come across your video. And I feel like that makes YouTube a really powerful platform because something I made four years ago can be found today because someone's typing in the same question I answered four years ago. And so I feel like that's what makes YouTube really powerful. Yeah, that's amazing. What's your, um, let's see, did you start your channel just like, you know, four years ago or did you make, did you have like a other channels or other, like other videos or do you remember like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So, so I can tell you, I've got like three different or four different channels. <laughs> okay. So, so for me, no, I like to say I was brand new to this stuff. I literally had no idea what I was doing. And this was the first channel I even seen 
but or like started it was my first go at it i had no experience but i did i did do a lot of like pre like okay what do other youtubers do i did a lot of research of like yeah. how to actually succeed on youtube and so i basically after like binging this content of how to get started with youtube i basically took that knowledge and said oh, i i just got to give it a shot it's not going to be the best and my very first video was of a uh, shot on my iphone and it, it sounded terrible i look back at it now and i like cringe it's 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 really awful but uh but you got to start somewhere yeah. and so that's kind of that was my first go at it though really that's awesome i think one of my first videos was of me starting a 1963 vespa scooter and it got surprisingly a lot of views. And it was just like on my personal YouTube. I was just doing it to like try to sell it. And all of a sudden it got like 10,000 views. I was like, holy cow. And that was a long time ago. Uh, and and I'm, I'm sure it wasn't my first video, but I had made some others. But yeah, right. Like the first videos we always make are always feel like the worst. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I, I, I completely understand it. The beginning stages, you got to work through it with, with anything you do. So yeah. it's definitely a learning curve there. If... Um, if someone's going to make their first YouTube video, like what should they, like, what should they do or what do they talk about? You know, is there a couple tips you have and like, how do how do you even decide to like, well, I don't even know what to talk about. Some people tell me. Yeah. So, and that's kind of where I was because like, I knew going to PTA school was like, I had a lot of questions along the way, but it's like, okay, well, which question? Mm -hmm. And if I really actually want to succeed at this, I don't want to just put up a video to put up a video. If you actually want to like, kind of go for it and try to launch and get found on YouTube. I think the best place to start is looking at common search terms. So for example, when you're searching something on YouTube and you get like halfway through what you're typing, and then there's a whole strand of words that like finish your sentence, basically, or finish your question. Uh, I feel like answering those questions is the best place to start because that just means a lot of people are searching those questions. So for example, like what uniform should I buy being a PTA is probably not very common to get searched. And so if you, if you're really passionate about that though, and I was like, someone needs to know what to, what outfit to get to be a PTA. It's like, it probably won't show up in search and you probably won't get found. But if instead you're, you're typing in or answering a question that is the autofill, mm -hmm. I feel like you'll get found a lot easier because other people are also searching right. for that same question. Right. I mean, is the PTA uniform, uh, polo khakis and running shoes? <laughs> yeah, basically <laughs> your PTA starter kit right there. Right, right. Nikes. <laughs> um, okay, awesome. What, um, Antonio, are, is there any equipment that people should need? Is there specialized equipment that they should have? Or, you know, I mean, is it just good enough to point and shoot with your iPhone these days? Yeah. So, I mean, it's really up to you. To me, I honestly think it's better to start where you're at to see if it's even going to succeed, you know, before mm -hmm. I go and buy a $3,000 camera and a whole lighting setup and my audio and I got a nice mic, all this stuff. And then I sit down and record it and be like, oh, that video did terrible or this, you know, it's kind of like, I, I suggest actually starting with what you have. So a phone is just fine. And then you really get to start to develop your, your like how you, your presence online, you know, sometimes it's nerve wracking turning on a camera and get talking. So sometimes people like, you know, talk quicker or talk quieter or different things. So I feel like just starting with what you have, where you're at is the best thing to do. And then once you start doing it for a little bit, you can really say, you know, I see myself doing this long term, or I see myself continuing with this, then you can invest in the gear. 
but really investing all up front, I, I don't think is the smartest thing. Yeah. Is there anything, that's a great point. Is there anything that you're using now that let's say someone already has like a, a decently, um, popular YouTube channel, like, you know, is there, is there one piece of equipment that you feel like you should have gotten earlier? That's really made a bigger difference for you. Um, I, I think it really boils down to two things and that's your lighting and that's your audio. Like if people can see you clearly, like you can even make there there's films shot on iPhones, like in like feature films that are like super great to watch and everything shot on an iPhone. It's really, it's really the components that are behind why it looks good, which is usually the lighting and the audio. Yeah. So for me, something that really took my videos to the next level was figuring out how to light my videos properly and then how to get crisp audio so that people could hear me clearly. When those two things are done, then I feel like you can move on to buying a camera. And then even that though, I would invest more heavily into a nice lens than a nice camera body because oftentimes the lens can give you a really nice clean cinematic look more than just an expensive camera body. So that's kind of the order I would go in. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Is there anything specific? Like, is it just getting uh, like some more lamps in the room or is it like, uh, you know, are there specific lights where even if I go to Amazon and I get like this three point light set, is there a way that you set it up that um, you can, you know, that, that makes it. That yeah. Makes yeah. So, so, so lighting is like, I mean, we could talk all day on lighting. Right. I think there's but, podcasts but, on lighting, like a whole pot, like 50, hundred episodes on lighting. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Lighting is, can go so in depth on it. And, and again, I'm no master at it, but I've learned a lot enough to improve my video quality enough to do it for clients and stuff now. But, um, it depends really what the look you want to go for. Um, I feel like a cinematic look is more shot where it's darker. Half of your face is darker. You know, you're getting Rembrandt lighting where you have a triangle on part of your face. Um, that's more for the cinematic style. Usually for YouTube is just if you are well lit. So like getting a soft box, like a soft light source. So you don't have harsh shadows, but a soft light hitting you straight on is usually good enough for YouTube um, with a decent backdrop or something like that. You'll be okay. Um, I feel like that's, that's, that's a place to start at least. Um, again, we could, we could go yeah. all day talking about lighting. Yeah. Is there like a, I mean, like for microphone, do you have like, do you have, I mean, you must have like a, like what kind of like a, a camera and a dedicated mic versus like the mic that plugs into an iPhone, that kind of thing. Is there, you know, a certain audio source that you're using or that you find is, you know, yeah. I, so I started with, uh, again, I I started like very uh, frugal, I guess would be the word. I, I don't buy something until I'm like, oh, I need it for this shoot. Before then, I'm like, I can make buy with what I have. But the first mic that I bought was a $30 mic. It's a Boya. It was a Boya M50 or something. I can't remember the last letters on it, but it was a Boya mic. And it was basically a lapel mic that clips to your shirt. And that's what I started with. It was really cheap. And it literally plugged right into the camera. So it was a great way to just get that crisp audio. Now that I've been doing it for a little bit, I've switched to a boom mic with a shotgun microphone at the end. That way I don't have to always put on a like a, a lapel mic and it's like rustling in my shirt. I don't like the feeling of it. So 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 over time, you know, you invest in better gear, but really starting with that, it's $30 and you can get some that connect to your phone or you can get some that connect to a camera. And I feel like that's a great place to start. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I, I do think especially like podcasts, audio is important, videos, 
if people can see you, but they really need to hear you, you know, and it's, you're right. It's, it's not the camera as much as it's the light, even like the, uh, the cameras on the MacBook that don't always look that great on zoom. It's because people are, you know, have the light behind them or they're in a really dark room. You know? Yeah, and absolutely. Makes the camera work as the light source. Um, so yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I can tell you like, I've got a new mic. If, if you've listened to the podcast long enough, you'll know, you might notice it sounds a little different because, well, I upgraded my mic, but I bought like a $400 mic that marginally makes me sound different. Um, but it was something that I wanted to do, not because I had to do it. Right. And I've been using the same, I have a blue Yeti, which was an upgrade from my first mic, which for the podcast, which was, that's more expensive. They had an ATR 1200 or something like that. And it was like a $60 mic at the time. And it was great, but it would pick up more background noise. So, you know, I upgraded and we don't almost don't like, I don't need it. Like I could do this, uh, just recording on my AirPods or my plug-in headphones for my iPhone and it'd be fine. Um, I think, you know, like, so, but I think it's, but it's interesting to know like what other people are using because I got lost in a YouTube rabbit hole on like my microphone reviews and which one would be best. And I was just like, I need to not spend more time on this, but it's easy to do. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You can go down a rabbit hole, but I feel like once you get more into it and you do actually invest in like a nice microphone, like you're saying, the one thing that it does is it, it does take you from that uh, beginner stage to a little more advanced stage, which, which then when I feel like viewers or uh, listeners listen to your podcast, mm -hmm. um, it really makes it so much easier to listen to because the audio is so crisp. There's no ambient background humming or noise, you know, it's all just super crisp. And I feel like it's easier for listeners to just listen to for longer periods when you don't, when you have a nice quality mic. Right. So let's go back to how do we get to the point where we can afford or justify, you know, spending money on things that we don't really need. <laughs> right. So what are some of the like strategies, like growth strategies that you use to grow your YouTube channel or that you're growing some of your clients, YouTube channels? Like what are some of those like key things that people need to know or look out for, um, to, to grow like a YouTube channel or get more views? Yeah. So, um, if you're, if you're looking to actually like, yeah, make it, make it a side hustle or something like that, where you're actually bringing in some income, um, it's, it's good to set up your channel like that in the first place. So, so what I mean by that is sometimes when people get on YouTube, they just talk about whatever they love and it can be an assortment of things because us as people, you know, we like a lot of different things, but on YouTube to really succeed or to really start making an impact, it's good to have a niche or niche, however you say it. Um, but it's good to have a focus because what that does is once you start getting videos out there and you start getting more and more exposure, it lets brands know, Hey, this guy is focused on this specific content. I would love to put my brand in his video to promote my stuff. So for me, for example, I started with, uh, creating videos about why it's like all the steps you need to do to become a PTA and what the, basically the career overview of becoming a PTA. And I, I just solely focused on that one niche um, simply because I knew it would be better long-term partnering with brands. So it, for YouTube to actually monetize your YouTube channel, you have to get like 
uh, a thousand YouTube subscribers and you have to get like a ton of hours of watch time to be able to reach that threshold to get monetized. And then once you finally get monetized, you're like, wow, this is hardly any money that comes in from YouTube AdSense. So, so really that's not where you want to be investing your time. What you really want to do is focus down on a niche because for me, the way I first started investing in gear was I actually got a college, the college I went to, I reached out to him was like, Hey, this is what I do. I started creating videos, helping people learn the field of physical therapy and trying to become a PTA. I said, that's basically what my channel is based on. And I reached out to my college and I said, would you be interested in partnering with me and sponsoring a video? If I talked about what to, what you should look for when picking a college, like what are the things you should consider before choosing what college you want to go to? And I said, in the beginning of the video, I'll recommend your college because it's the one I went to. I, I actually enjoyed my experience with you guys. Would you be open to doing this? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. We have a budget. Here's, here's what we'll pay you. Um, and so then I, I actually booked the, I booked the, uh, the basically the, the sponsorship and I had no camera, I had no microphone. And so literally right after that, I was like, I'm, I need to go buy this stuff because I'm gonna look kind of silly going out on my first shoot without quality gear. So uh, that that's kind of the road I took, but, but yeah, you don't need anything special to get started, but once you do get rolling with it, then definitely invest in the gear. I feel like it'll help you. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, that's, it's interesting. So you've got, um, like the, was it the Google AdWords turned on? You know, you've monetized some videos that way, but is it mostly through partnerships or sponsorships that you're monetizing your channel versus the paid ads that show up? Yeah, so I, like really the the ads, the the YouTube AdSense that you receive, the 30 second uh, roll that goes before that you can skip, the ad that you can skip ahead of time, those don't really pay you out. Like even I've had, you know, videos that have reached, you know, hundreds of thousands of views and it really, they don't, they don't pay you hardly anything, but where you do see more growth is when you sponsor with a brand and they say, Hey, we're willing to pay you this for 30 seconds. You literally just have to, you know, talk about us in this way. And I, and I only do it with things I believe mm -hmm. I actually use myself, buddy, but that's where you start to see like, oh, you see the potential of what you're worth because now you you can really promote their stuff and see the growth in like affiliate links or a, just a flat out sponsorship, a flat rate. But that's usually where you can see more of your money and see your actual value rather than just AdSense. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think it's kind of annoying when I wanna watch a video and I have to wait like five seconds to see a video and I almost never click on the things because I'm just, I just wanna see the video. and. So I have, I've had that turned on on some of my videos and they have similar, I think it's such an insignificant amount of money that hits my bank accounts. Like I don't even notice it, you know, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but I do know that I've got some videos where that have allowed me to leverage and I've made for products that, uh, that I believed in and what my, I wanted to teach my patients how to use. And it's allowed me to leverage sponsorships for other things or partnerships in other ways. So, I mean, I, I do think that, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to hear that that's what you're doing too, uh, because I want people to understand it's just the affiliate links or, you know, Amazon affiliate links or, you know, some of the AdSense. It's, it's small uh, potatoes based on, uh, um, compared to what, like a great video that's educational and helpful for people can do and leverage. Yeah. I, I feel like that point that you made as well. Um, and that's something I even forgot to mention is digital products or something you create. Like that's, right. that's going to have the biggest value out of every, anything I just listed before. Like 
having your own product, your own service. Cause I, I mean, there are YouTubers out there who they don't have any products, but it's literally their time. They say, Hey, this is the education I bring. If you want to book a phone call with me, this is my rate. And right. you can do so much better promoting yourself above, above all else. Like if you're going on YouTube to help people answer questions and, and, you know, really make an impact that way, then a lot of times people want to say, well, how can I take it a step farther? Do you offer any courses? Do you have any coaching? Like what, what else can I do? Um, and so I feel like that's it, the, honestly the best way to scale your business aspect with YouTube. Yeah. that's awesome. Have you created, um, courses, online courses and trainings like that? I have. Um, I never, I I've always dabbled in everything. So I always like, I want to try everything once just to see how it goes and see how people respond. And you know, the, the audience I have, you know, I, I would assume our younger people, like my age ranges from, I think 18 to like 34 or something, because it's people trying to decide if they want to be a PTA. So it's a little bit younger. Um, but yeah, I've tried, I've made courses that are like, uh, like walking you through how to become a PTA and it literally breaks down what courses you're going to take, what, you know, what's the curriculum going to cover? What should you do before you get in the program? What should you expect once you're in there? How do you, you know, get through these almost milestones of becoming a PTA? So yeah, I've, I've done it and I've seen success with it. And uh, like, it, like really people will tell you once, once you start creating YouTube videos, the comments will come in like, well, how do you do this? Or there's, there's always more questions that you could be of service to. That's awesome. Um, Antonio, is there like a, like a formula for creating a really great video, great video for YouTube? Because, and I want to preface this by saying, we all know that like posting to Facebook is different than posting to Instagram. Is there like a, a way to like kind of put together the video or things you should say in the video, or even just ways you write the description that are going to make a video like more engaging or, you know, get more comments or seen by more people? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I really think the the most important factors. I mean, there's a ton when it comes to like there's a ton of little things that can improve, but I would say the the biggest bang for your buck type of things you could implement would be your like literally your thumbnail, your title and then the content itself. Like those three things are going to be huge because like there's times where I've put a ton of effort into the video production and I've done a ton of like skits and just the, 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 the videography behind it. Like everything was like really dedicated. And then I was like, had a terrible thumbnail and terrible title and get zero views. No one sees it. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. I put in all this work and no one even, no one found the video. And, uh, and there are times where, where it's, you know, the opposite, you know, you, you have a really catchy thumbnail and, and, uh, but the, the thing about that is you want to back it up with good content, because if you have a really catchy thumbnail or title, but then the content is lacking, then I feel like it's what people say, like it's clickbait. It's like, man, I thought this video was going to be awesome. And then it was kind of subpar watching it, <laughs> but, but yeah, that, that's kind of the, the, the basis of the things you really want to focus on. And then like you said, the description tags, the, all the metadata, it does play a role, but I don't think it's as significant of a role that your watch time, your basically engagement, you really want to engage somebody from the time they click on the video to the time they click off the video. If you can keep that engagement up really high of people staying focused and intrigued with what you're saying, then I feel like your video will do really well on YouTube. Um, so, so to follow that up with some tips would be to 
not like get to the point basically there are some youtubers who are like oh like just talking to talk or so this is why you should subscribe to my channel and thanks for coming here and like yeah. they they sometimes do these drawn out things where i feel like getting to the point keeps viewers more engaged um that keeps them watching longer yeah awesome is there like a is there like because you, you know it's when i first started using it's it's that's really cool that you say that because when i first started doing youtube it was the title, but it was also kind of like the description and even like the file name. But what you're saying now, it's more about like like getting watch time, probably more for the algorithm and getting uh, getting a really good thumbnail so people like start watching and keeping them engaged in your video. Right? Yeah, yeah. So so initially, it's yep, your click through rate. You want your click through rate to be really high, so it's having a catchy thumbnail and a catchy title. But then beyond that like basically the way YouTube works is it'll promote your video to like say a hundred people. And then out of these hundred people, it's like how many of them clicked? And then out of those, how many of them watched? And if your click through rates really well, and if your view through rate is really well, a lot of people watching the whole video, then it's like, okay, we're going to show it to 500 more people. And it's like a thousand more people. And so if it can keep succeeding through all those different levels, then your video gets yep. pushed out there. But if, for example, say on level one, it's like, oh, not a lot of people clicked or not a lot of people, or a lot of people clicked and not a lot of people watched, then it's like, we're not showing it to the next set of 500 people. It just kind of like tapers out how many people are going to see it. Gotcha. Was there, um, did you have a video that like went viral and you were like, what the, what happened? Or you know, <laughs> did you have any just kind of go, like, are they all just really steady growth? Uh, so a lot of my content is more so steady. I don't feel like I have a very hot, hot uh, niche. Like, like it's not like, I don't have these crazy videos. Honestly, I look for consistency and longevity over a viral video. I, I want to build an audience or a strong, a strong viewership rather than something that blows up and I got a ton of random subscribers and I'm like, Oh, what do I do now? Yeah. But, but yes, I would say our, like the best video on my channel that I've done is, um, like Epley maneuver, how to do the Epley oh, maneuver. Really? Oh, awesome. Um, the yeah, best so. blog post I have for my clinic that's brought in the most patients is on, uh, Epley and BPPV. You know? Yeah. I guess there's a ton of people suffering with it or something yeah. because yeah, there's, it's, must be pretty common. Yeah, though. I haven't made a video. It's funny because I haven't. I didn't make a video for that one. It was like, here's what it is. And we can help it and do this. And people's like, I, you know, I have this dizziness problem, and I need a, um, you know, I want to visit. And it's because they searched it. The 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 funny thing is, it's only like one to three visits, so it's not like a high, super high value uh, patient encounter. But it's great that we can help people like pretty much right away with it. So. Um, right, right. Funny. I think that's why it does so well because really with the Epley maneuver, you really see immediate results with it. And yeah. so it's like a powerful thing. Yeah. If someone's suffering with it for a long time and they come across your video, it's like, man, that was really helpful. Yeah. It's, it's funny because there's very few things in physical therapy that like pretty much like resolve the problem, like right away. And that's, <laughs> um, you know, the, the funny thing is, is and I, I don't know if I told you this, but I did a video on how to do like a self foot massage. It was based on you know, some things I learned in a yoga class and working on my own feet because I used to race bicycles and my feet were always like in really tight carbon shoes. And then I stopped racing and my foot grew and I was like, whoa, oh, I need to, I started teaching this to my patients. I made this video and, and I put this video like probably 11 years ago. And then all of a sudden one day I got this, some notification or I was like, wow, there's like 20,000 views. I got like 20,000 views in a day and a foot fetish community found my video. I posted <laughs> it in one of their forums and websites and it just got like 
crazy views. It was really nuts. Oh, that's really funny, actually. Yeah. So there's like you look back and there's this like a huge spike. It's like off the page, you know, for how many views per day. <laughs> From a foot fetish. There, like, we oh, there we go. There we go. Feet, great toes, great shoes, <laughs> and you know, it's one of my most popular videos. But it's part of it was that tra the traction it got, but it was also just help. I think it was helpful, and you know, you know, put it up there a long time ago. Um, is there any, are there any other little tricks to like, um, setting up a YouTube channel the first time, one or two things that you think people should do in the beginning? And if someone's got a channel, like what are, what are two things that if you've had a channel for a long time that you sh maybe YouTube's changed that, uh, it might've overlooked. Um, yeah. So getting started with a YouTube channel, uh, I, I really feel like, I guess this goes for both, but if you're just starting or if you've been doing it for a while, I would say consistency is key. Like being consistent, showing up weekly. So many times people, when they're starting out, they'll post, you know, for a week and they'll be like, man, no one's seeing my videos. Yeah, I guess, it, I guess YouTube's not for me. It doesn't work, whatever I'm done with it. And, and you, and you really start to see that the more you're consistent with it, the more you keep up with it, even if you even if you aren't doing that well in the beginning, even if your views aren't there, the consistency is going to be your friend down the road. Like, like even for me, there's stuff that I've done now. Um, when I first started out on YouTube, I, I told myself I was going to post once a week, basically. It's like, if I'm going to do this, I might as well go for it. I'll just post once a week. I can get one video out and helping someone with something related to becoming a PTA. I'm, I'm going to set out to do that. And there was weeks where I would post a video and it would get like a hundred views. And then I was like, man, I just spent all that time recording and doing this video and nothing. Well, then fast forward now over four years, I look back at those same videos and some of them have, you know, 50,000 views, 70,000 views, um, 20,000 views. And I'm like, man, things that you don't consider back then doing, you really see uh, small steps along the way with consistency, I feel like you'll get big results. And even that is for if you are a bigger channel or doing more, I feel like if you can improve your consistency like that, if you can stream daily, if you can do different things, I feel like it'll really help you. Yeah. Do you, I mean, wouldn't you agree that the best day to start your YouTube channel was yesterday and the next best day is today? <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. I feel like sometimes people put pressure on that. They need to, you know, have the best lighting, have all these things. And honestly, it's just getting started because yeah. uh, I feel like you learn so much faster, just diving into it and getting started. than you do just, you know, brainstorming for right. 20 years, not ever getting yeah. started. Would, would you say, Antonio, would you say right now, uh, it's like spring 2021. It's, is it better to when my video is ready to upload it to YouTube and make it live or to really just schedule them out. And so like every Monday at five o'clock is when my next video goes out. Is there, is it better? To I feel it like now? this comes across more as a preference. Um, there are analytics behind it that say when your video will perform the best. And ideally when you're posting a YouTube video, you want the first like 24 hours when it's uploaded, you want it to be the biggest reach. So if you upload it at, you know, midnight and no one sees it, then it can not be the best. You really want to see the most explosive views immediately when you first post it. Um, so keep that in consideration when you're mm -hmm. picking a schedule. Beyond that, I really don't think it's that important. I've seen channels succeed who post randomly like, oh, we finished a video, let's upload it. And it's yeah. like random times of the day, random things. What I've done for myself is, is I've kept it like 
eight Saturdays at this time we're going to post. And it was when most of my viewers were on watching YouTube because you can, YouTube will show you the analytics behind it. So then it's like, Oh, most of my viewers are on here. And I just started keeping it consistent. Like every day at that time it's going out. And I feel like that gives your viewers also like they know what to expect and can almost like already be there waiting for your video to come out. Yeah. That's awesome. Are you, um, seeing much with like, you know, now you can stream live onto YouTube. Like, is that getting, have you tried that? Is that getting much traction? Like I would even think like, well, like maybe I stream it live. Do I leave it up or do I like edit it and pull it down and then put it back up again? I mean, those are some of the questions I've have, you know, from the last few few weeks or months, you know? Right. Right. I, I feel like live streams are doing well. Initially, they really promote it because it is kind of a, I wouldn't say new feature, but it is not a ton of people are doing it on YouTube. And so YouTube, I feel like likes to push that live content. I feel like it is, is good. Um, one of my clients that, that I work for, um, they actually dominate going live. Like they, that's all they do is go live and it works really well. Usually what I see the difference between when they go live versus when they just edit the video and publish it mm -hmm. is the initial impact will be a lot greater. The longevity of the video over time, it'll still grow at about the same rate, but the initial boost is a lot higher. So I feel like that's kind of a, a, a benefit of going live. And then what you said, you know, should you take it down and rework it? I, I would suggest no. I, I think keeping it up there. But what is helpful is if you can have um, like bumpers built in or different things or soft ambient music playing in the background, things to almost make your live feel like an actual video production that you don't have to edit it afterwards because you had a bumper prepare as soon as you give your intro, you hit a, you hit a space and it plays your, your intro, things like that. So um, I, I think that is the better route to go when doing lives. Um, so that, oh, that's, that's what I would recommend. Yeah. I mean, can you go back? I mean, I know we can do some light editing inside YouTube editor. Is that something can we do? I didn't even look, can we do that with the live video and like cut out some of the like spacing or is that, would that be too N tedious? Not, not with, not with that. No, like the YouTube editor is more for like post. Like if you're trying to edit inside YouTube, I, I wouldn't recommend it, but <laughs> I I recommend like, well, how do we edit it? Without taking it down, because I mean, you know, like I did a couple no. and they got some good traction, but like they're not. A no, there are some YouTube streaming publishing. services, yeah. though. That That's what I'm talking about. So they're like the streaming services. Uh, so, for example, one of my clients has a um, it, it's called a stream deck. And basically it's like when you're going live, you can literally customize your uh, stream deck with a bunch of different buttons. Some of them are audio sound. Some of them are videos. Some of them are. So while you're giving this presentation live, you can click certain buttons and it'll literally pop up a video in inside your live stream and it'll just play the video. And so that video could be your intro. It could be subscribe now. It could be text effects that say welcome or different things. So customizing your stream deck like that and then using that to to make your your live show more of a production based, um, I feel like that's the better route to take than taking your video down, editing it, and then re-uploading it. That's it, like this, I think. <laughs> yeah. right? Yes. Because I have a stream deck. <laughs> yes, awesome. yes. But yeah, no, that's a great, you know, like I use Ecamm Live and I have a stream deck and I could totally do that. Like that'd be, but that's a, such a great idea. So I just learned something really awesome because I don't know if, 
I would I would throw up a video, but they're all like just testimonial videos. I'm not gonna do that. Gonna <laughs> ask, but, you know, like I can push a button and do that, and that's what we did at PT BizCon. That's such an awesome. Thank you very much, Antonio. You just <laughs> yes. you know triggered the next uh, like because I saw it, but I didn't see it, and so I think one thank you too. But I think the people listening, it's like sometimes it's having someone else like reflect back to you, like it's like oh it opened up a door that w I was just looking at and I didn't even see the door. So absolutely. If you look at, uh, um, Pat Flynn, I don't know if you ever heard of him. He does yeah. marketing and stuff. He just recently got done doing a thing where he went live 365 days. So he went live every day of the year and, wow. and, uh, looking at his production value though, is really good. Like if I could recommend someone who's like crushing it like that, he definitely does a good job at, you know, his, his production value, he has the lights, he has the nice camera, he has, he has the, the sound effects, everything that comes yeah. with it. So yeah. Pat Flynn's awesome. Like if you guys are trying to do some kind of online digital business, you need to know about Pat Flynn. So there's, there's probably a handful of other people I could recommend too. in that same, you know, but, uh, you know, Pat Flynn is a podcast, you know, John Lee Dumas, Neil Patel, um, a couple other people, um, come to mind, but yeah, that's awesome. Um, Man, Antonio, is there a question that I didn't ask you yet about uh, YouTube that you think would be beneficial? Um, I don't know, not really, but I would say like if there is something to leave 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 people with about the topic of YouTube, um, I, I feel like a lot of times we can almost limit ourselves with like our limiting beliefs of what we're able to achieve. And um, like, there is nothing special about how I got started with YouTube. <laughs> like there is not, I had no, no shout outs, no family friends. I live in a small town in a rural country area. I don't live in a city like LA or anything like that. So I, I think sometimes when we, if you're hesitating or anything like that, trying to get started on YouTube or have a big impact like this, um, I don't feel like you, I feel like sometimes people almost get in the way of themselves because I don't feel like you need anything special to get started in this space. So that's like the one thing that I would really want to leave people with on this regards of YouTube, because I feel like if I would have, if I would have been too insecure or like self-doubting and all these things, rather than just pushing through it, I would have never seen the growth that I had um, with doing it. So I would just kind of encourage people with that. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That's, that's really great. If, if someone wants to find you or find your YouTube channel um, or get in touch with you, is there a best place to go or where should they go? <laughs> yeah. You mentioned that at the beginning that you couldn't find, find my, <laughs> basically, I'm basically unsearchable. I, yeah, I you're do. like, you're, you're, you're like, you're, I'm in your Facebook group, but you're under a different name or I think it was <laughs> yes. Tony or something. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really don't like now as I've done it for a while, I don't, you know, like, I have different ambitions with like work and stuff and doing client work more than pushing my own stuff recently. Um, basically my YouTube channel is my name, Antonio Sanson. If you want to Google it, you, you, you'll find me. Um, and then if you want to reach out to me, you know, uh, my like business email would be like meritmediaproductions.com or dot at Gmail. Um, so it's, it, that's basically where you can find me. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Man, this has been great. I've like I said, like I've already I've learned a ton of things. Um, I think YouTube is it's not only here to stay. I mean, it's just it's proven that it's. Um, I mean, what it spiked five hundred percent viewership about this time last year. You know, if you know, YouTube is so powerful. So um, I want to thank you for teaching me some things and sharing your uh, 
your knowledge and experience and expertise on the show. Um, I hope that uh, everyone else learned learned a little something. Um, and uh, I just appreciate your time. And it was great hanging out and, and uh, talking like tech shop with somebody else. <laughs> yes, th- thanks for having me. It's been it's been awesome. I, I definitely see the value in not only just YouTube but video in general. I mean, if you look at the pandemic and everything like that, like there's definitely been a more of a push for online presence and, and having that. So I definitely think if you can learn video, I I feel like it's very key moving forward. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. And uh, for all you guys out there, um, give me a shout out. Uh, Let me know what's most uh, helpful for you about this. If you're listening to this on uh, iTunes, go check it out on the YouTube channel. It's YouTube and it's Aaron, the Aaron LeBauer channel. And leave us a comment below this video. Let us know what was most helpful for you about this. And the best day to start YouTube was yesterday. The next best day is right now. So uh, the next thing you should do is just go start your YouTube channel or record your next video. And we'll see you on the next show. Thanks so much. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Real quick, if you're just starting a cash-based physical therapy practice or you already have one and you want to learn how to grow it and scale it, this is for you. I just released my brand new book, The Cash PT Blueprint, because I want to get this book in the hands of every physical therapist out there. I want to give it away to you for free. All I ask is that you pay a little bit of shipping and handling, and you'll not only get the steps to create your own cash practice, but the tools to grow it and scale it beyond what everyone else thinks is possible. To snag your copy right now, go to cashptblueprintbook.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-T-B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T-B-O-O-K.com. And we get your copy, give me a shout out somewhere on social media, and we'll talk to you soon.